Friends, March the 8th of 2020 was the last time that we fellowshiped and had worship in person together in this sanctuary. Uh, A large part of that we know is due to the coronavirus pandemic that has affected all of us in so many different ways. It's almost been an entire year since we've been together, which is a very, very long time. Even in my college days of missing worship from time to time, I don't think I missed worship for more than a month at a time as a student. This pandemic has changed so much for us, and quite honestly, it's become a new way of life. And just this week, we have surpassed over 400,000 deaths associated with COVID-19 in the United States. And this is a grim and stark reminder that this disease is like no other that we faced in our lifetime. In fact, COVID is responsible for an increase of anxiety in our country and in our world For no one really knows how this virus might affect them because it's not just people with comorbidities who struggle or even die from this virus. We have seen young and healthy people also fall victim to it as well. And it's been discovered that this disease can uh, cause psychiatric disorders such as anxiety or depression or post-traumatic stress syndrome and even dementia according to scientific research. Yet the pandemic has done more than just create anxiety of getting or having the virus. It has also created financial anxiety for those who have lost their jobs due to the recession or to restrictions that have crippled their businesses. In addition to all of this, we have also endured quite a bit of political stress due to the polarization of our nation at this time regarding the presidency as we've even watched the events of the insurrection take place at the Capitol just two weeks ago. To say that anxiety is a reality for most of us would certainly be an understatement. And so today we turn to the scriptures and we look at Paul's words from his letter to the Philippians with a bit of skepticism. For Paul tells us, do not be anxious about anything. Well, that sounds pretty good, Paul, in a utopian society where everyone's getting along and everyone seems okay. But how can we really listen to this without laughing now? anxiousness of the unknown lurks around every corner for us. Every day we're bombarded with questions that we cannot yet answer, like how long will we be in this pandemic and when will things return to normalcy? Will the vaccines keep us safe from the new variants that have been discovered? When can we return to church and when can I hang out with my friends? And am I going to have enough money to cover my bills for this month? Will more innocent people die from attacks of extremism? And can our country find unity, or will we continue to feel hatred among one another? And so Paul instructs us not to be anxious about those things. It sounds great, but it's not very practical for us. If only he knew what we'd be going through, maybe he would have written something a little bit different, right? But Paul had to endure some pretty difficult challenges himself. You see, he's not writing from a cozy seat as the president of a Christian seminary. No, his words are to the church in Philippi, and they're written from a jail cell in Rome. Paul finds himself imprisoned for his faith and eventually will be led to his own death. And as he writes this letter, he writes to a church in Philippi that has some internal conflict, but is also facing real threats from the outside world, too. You see, Paul knows what it's like to experience rejection 
and resistance, recession, and even broken relationships. These are things that Jesus also faced during his ministry. Now, Paul converted from Judaism to Christianity on the Damascus Road when Jesus encountered him, and we find that the persecutor of the church became the persecuted. Now, he had all the right credentials. He was born a Jew. He came from a respected clan, and his family and lineage were wonderful, and he was part of a religious party that was favorable at that time. And this all put Paul in great standing within the religious, um, religious life of his day. But his encounter with Jesus that day on the road, Damascus changed everything for him. He began to follow Jesus. In doing so, he lost his credibility with the Pharisees to which he belonged. And he became rejected for his newfound faith in Jesus Christ. This was equally true for the believers in Philippi too, for many of them faced opposition for not participating in the pagan practices that they once did. Choosing Jesus meant that they would be ostracized by their own community. And I can assure you that that can produce anxiety. Now, when Paul and Silas established the church in Philippi, they were falsely accused and even thrown in jail. Those who didn't welcome Christ's message resisted them, even to the point of violence. This didn't stop Paul from sharing Christ with them, but it definitely made it harder for him, and it raised the stakes of his real commitment to follow Jesus in the face of opposition. As you can imagine, this also produced much anxiety. Paul also endured financial hardship. He was bivocational. He was a missionary who depended on the funds of those who supported him from his churches, but he was also a tent maker, and he used that money to help fund his own work. And so at the end of the letter to the Philippian church, he thanks them for their financial contribution. And prior to receiving this contribution from them, he was actually financially strapped, alluding to it in Philippians 4.14 as my trouble. The Philippians also understood tight budgets, and yet they still gave out of faithfulness to support Paul. And all of us know that there is no more greater um, anxiety producer than money. It doesn't matter what your economic status is. All of us need it to survive. Everybody worries about how we will cover life's necessities. But that's not only it. Paul also understood what it was like to have broken relationships. He's dealing with the rivalry within the church and trying to bring reconciliation back in Philippi. But even Paul struggled with his own uh, friends, those who profess Christ as Lord, those disciples which followed Jesus from the very beginning. He and Peter had a rocky relationship. Paul was upset with the way Peter treated the Gentiles and how he would constantly tell Paul one thing and then do something else when Paul was gone. To say that Paul didn't understand the difficulty of maintaining healthy relationships, well, that would just be short-sighted. Keeping any congregation together, much less all the congregations that he helped establish, it will keep a pastor awake at night, I can assure you. And this, too, can produce anxiety. So when we begin to look at our current circumstances and compare them to Paul, they are indeed different, but no less challenging. Paul's exhortation, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. 
And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This comes from his own experience of struggles and hardship. His prescription for anxiety is a call to prayer. And this prayer to God, which is full of requests for help for oneself and for others, is also one that not only recognizes the struggles, but also the blessings of God that elicit thanksgiving in our hearts. In fact, the promise is God's peace, which transcends all understanding. This peace will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, Paul says. Now, Irene is the Greek word for peace, and it stands in opposition to fear and to conflict. This type of peace is the peace that we find in the center of a hurricane, the eye of the storm, when things have hit us so hard and we find God's peace in the midst of it, even though the storm isn't completely done yet. We know that at some point the storm will eventually pass and God's peace is given to us to hold us tightly as we endure the storm, reminding us that we are never, ever alone. Paul literally says in the Greek that God's peace will stand sentry watch over your hearts and minds. As Roman guards would protect a target of attack, Paul is saying that God will protect our hearts and our minds with his peace when we come under the attack of fears that produce anxiety. This peace is from God, and it often comes in moments when it's unexpected or in a circumstance where it might appear impossible. I distinctly remember when my oldest son, Brennan, was in Brenner's Hospital in Winston-Salem. Many of you know that he was fighting a secondary infection caused by E. coli called HUS. Only 10% of patients who get E. coli actually get this secondary infection. And he wasn't doing very well, and his hemoglobin had dropped below 5 on his worst day. He was very weak, and he was very sick. And so the doctor came in and met with us and decided that it was time for him to have surgery for a dialysis port. We had been praying and asking you to pray that he wouldn't have to undergo such things, but our prayers had not been answered the way that we had wanted. So Angela and I were both very anxious about this, not knowing if he'd have to stay on dialysis permanently or not. Interestingly enough, my son Brennan was not upset. Now, you have to understand, he's my anxious child. He hates getting a shot, much less being in the hospital, and much less having something inserted in his neck. And I could see that God's peace was definitely upon him, keeping him calm even before his surgery. And so we hugged him and we kissed him before they took him back for the procedure, and we went to the waiting area to sit and to wait. I'll never forget in that moment receiving a text message in an email that a number of you came here to our gathering space and prayed for him at the exact time that he was having surgery. The interesting thing is, is that no one knew the time that he was having the surgery and you happened to be here at that exact time. Is it a coincidence? No, it's of God. In that moment when we received that message, sitting in that waiting area, Angela and I experienced God's peace that surpasses all understanding. Somehow, we knew that everything was going to be okay. In the midst of the storm of the unknown, the anxiety that crippled us, wondering what would happen, would he have to live like this the rest of his life? 
God's peace interceded and filled us in a way that nothing else could. It didn't mean that things weren't still tough. It just meant that we weren't alone in the midst of it all. You see, in the midst of the storm, when things are out of control, we remember the one who is. This doesn't mean that we will always have our prayers answered the way that we want them. Rather, we assuredly can count on God's peace, which reminds us that he is right there in the midst of that storm with us. The anxiety that can cripple us with fear is no match for God's peace that can ultimately drive it away. You see, this is what Jesus promises his disciples before he is arrested and led to be crucified. He tells them in John's gospel, All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This is really important because Jesus knows that they're about to experience a very hard time. They're going to witness the traumatic events that will take place of his arrest, of their denial of him, of them scattering and leaving him in fear and seeing their Lord die a gruesome death on a cross. So Jesus leaves them with his peace, a gift given to them that no one else can offer them. He knows that their lives are going to be turned upside down, but he doesn't want them to fear or to panic because he knows that despite the chaos and the darkness that will come, that the light of God's love and of God's peace will ultimately rule victorious in his resurrection. Soon enough, He will send them His Holy Spirit who will fill them and be with them, reminding them that they are not orphans and that they will never be alone. You see, our lives are not trouble-free. Committing a life to Jesus doesn't mean that everything will somehow be perfect or be easy for us. Look at Paul. Look at the disciples. It was not easy for them. Nor will it be easy for us. It doesn't mean that we won't have hardship or struggles or pain. In fact, it's exactly the opposite. We will. And it's true for everyone. We all experience heartache and pain and struggles and hardships. But I would rather have the promise of Christ hanging in there with me than feeling alone and all by myself. I need Christ's peace in my life to remind me that no matter what happens, that there's absolutely nothing that can separate me from the love of Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, we have peace with God because of what Christ has done for us. His cross and His resurrection has brought God's peace to wayward sinners who do not deserve it. And the good news of the gospel is that the promise of Jesus is that He continues to give us this gift of His peace daily. So when we read his words in John's gospel, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, he's actually saying in the Greek text, my peace I am leaving with you, my peace I am giving to you. This, my friends, is in the present tense and not in the past. Christ's gift of peace, his shalom, the Hebrew word for wholeness and completeness and well-being, is constantly being gifted to us. Anxiety is not sinful, or it's not even a lack of trust 
in God. It's completely normal. It's a normal reaction for all of us when things are uncertain and we don't know what to expect. I mean, truth be told, Paul was anxious about the churches that he established. He wanted them to be well. He wanted them to follow Jesus. And a lot of times they messed it all up and it made him very anxious. He worried about them. And you know what? Honestly, in the midst of this separation, I worry about all of you. I can let anxiety come over me because we're not together all the time. But that's normal. What's not normal is when we allow our anxieties to cripple us, forgetting that God is present. You see, we often forget that God makes house calls and that the peace of God comes over us by His Holy Spirit. We know Him as Emmanuel, God with us. And it's true that the troubles of the world are all too visible for us and we often can't see the Spirit of God among us because He's unseen. But just as we cannot see the wind, yet we can feel its presence when it blows upon us. And such is the Spirit of God that grants us God's perfect peace in the midst of our storms. So when we experience anxiety produced from rejection or resistance, or from recession, or even from broken relationships, or when we experience anxiety because of COVID-19, or because of political or racial unrest, or whatever causes us to be anxious, let us remember Paul's words not to be anxious or to be worried, but to pray to God, offering our thanksgiving and our requests, expecting for God to fill us with His peace that transcends all understanding. And may we also remember Christ's words, that He does not give to us as the world does, rather that He is giving us His peace to help drive out our fears and our anxiety away. Friends, today I encourage you as God's people to pray for God's peace together, not just in our own hearts, but also in the hearts of so many others. This is important for us as we seek to be faithful to follow Jesus Christ, as we seek to be faithful people who love and care for one another So today, may the peace of Christ be with you. And may the peace of Christ fill your hearts, no matter where you find yourselves, whether you are full of anxiety, wondering about what tomorrow might bring, wondering what might happen in the next year, wondering will we be together soon or not, any of these things that fill your mind. I pray that those things would be driven away with the perfect peace of Christ that transcends all understanding. Friends, may His peace guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. May it be so this day and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.